This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. Project, welcome back. We are going to talk about today mixed modal fitness, CrossFit, functional fitness, whatever you want to call it. It's got lots of different names, but essentially how to mix in multiple different movements in a single workout. What goes into that, how effective it is, if you need it, if you don't need it, uh, how it affects your body, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to dive into that today. Of course, on this theme, you guys know we've got 30% off for the month of March for Project Fitness. You can check it out at themymuscleproject.com slash fitness. That's our eight-week fitness program. It's going to incorporate all the training principles around fitness that we've spoken about over the last few weeks. So mymusproject.com slash fitness the code is fitness30 so fitness301 word and you're going to get 30% off when you head to that site and then supporting our training um, supporting our gyms is Australia's best lifestyle and fitness apparel and it's designed for men by men uh, so it does have that masculine look about it. They obviously have a women's section as well, but it's more like Lululemon. Lululemon is a, a female-focused brand with uh, some guy stuff, of course, and RecGen is a male-focused brand with some women's stuff, so it's uh, stuff for guys and girls, so you can both check it out. You can check them out, um, themymuscleproject.com slash RecGen, R-E-C-G-E-N. Our discount code is on there. And of course, follow them on Instagram, check out the whole catalog of the amazing stuff. We wear it every single day. And then, of course, at all of our gyms, at Locker Room, at Creature Fitness, is the best recovery tools on the market. That's high price. They've got a ton of stuff. They've got Normatec boots. Um, they've got uh, the guns, of course, the Hypervolts. They've got the Venom back. They've got the heat. They've got the ice. They've got every single recovery tool you'd want. And it's really up to you, whatever athlete level you are, whether you're just the everyday person who sits at a desk too much and wants to loosen their back up, or you're the extreme you know, endurance athlete or you play, you know, semi-professional, professional sport and you want to take your recovery, your performance to the next level, you definitely need Hyperice in your corner. That's why they support all the professional sporting teams these days. So Hyperice, the mymasproject.com slash Hyperice, uh, that's H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E for our discount code on there and then access to all the products. All right, let's get into it. So today, we're going to talk about a few different things, but I think the best place to start and this is where we started the conversation was the enjoyment side of doing mixed modal fitness. And now typically before CrossFit kind of broke into the market, mixed modal fitness wasn't a thing. Now it feels like such a normal thing to see people combining burpees with squats with skipping. But, you know, back in the day, cardio looked like Stairmaster, bike, running, triathlons was really where it was, you know, you were a cardio person if you ran and did triathlons. But it's got a whole different meaning these days. But that might not be enjoyable for everyone doing triathlons. Yeah, I remember this really old video and it was, uh, do you know Dave Tate, the yeah, yeah. NFTS guy? Yeah. This was like pre-CrossFit and someone was asking about like, oh, cardio and this. And he was like drinking a Coke can, right? And he's like, see this guy? He's like, this is a gym. And he's like, this is where you get strong. It's where you do weights training. And then he like puts his hand up and he slams the can until it's flat. And he goes, that's the track. That's where you do cardio. <laughs> Two should never be mixed. Yeah. And that was really the prevailing attitude for people that were in the know before CrossFit was like, hey, gym is for training. And you go out and you run and you push legs and you do outside stuff when you go get your cardio in. And yeah, I guess CrossFit was the leaders and now it's been passed on to lots of different types of routines to bring that cardio training in the gym and people realize it's actually way more fun or at least for a lot of people, it's more fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So really, there's a few things you need to consider, obviously, for a lot of people, much more enjoyable, much more stimulating for the mind. I mean, obviously, traditional cardio, it's monotonous, but it allows you to kind of, it's almost meditative in a way. But um, I think that people that have a shorter attention span, which is most of us these days, and you know potentially a little more ADD, might prefer the 
the mixed modal training. So there's a few things you need to consider. So the first thing we're considering here is programming and progression. Now, uh, we've talked we talked about this uh, previously, but basically, what's interesting about people that are runners, they never somehow, unless they've done years and years of running and become a coach, feel the sense of arrogance or confidence, maybe arrogance is mistaken confidence that they can program a proper running program. But it's pretty easy and pretty common for most people to do a couple of CrossFit classes and feel like they know how to program a CrossFit workout. And I think the real reason behind that is just because they just know it's intense and fun. Whatever hurts and whatever is intense and fun, that is programming. But it's not. That's writing a workout for the day. Now, the difference here between programming and writing workouts is workouts don't have to consider what has come before it and they don't have to consider what's coming after it. Whereas programming has to consider everything. It has to consider where the person's out in the day. It has to consider what they were doing previously to this, where they are now, what their goals are and what's going forward. And mixed modal fitness requires a much higher level of understanding um, of programming than anything else that you can do in the fitness realm. Way more than triathlons. It's very predictable triathlons. It can be very linear. Um, there's not as many variables. When you're programming mixed model fitness and you're putting pull-ups with tire flips, with box jumps, there is so much that goes into programming and it's such a difficult thing to progress people correctly through it. Yeah, I think there's like three levels. There's like one, which is can you write like a good fun workout? Okay, it's easy. So most yeah. people think it is. Two, there's like can you program, I guess, a test? So it's like, hey, this workout is testing and you've got to have put some thought behind that. What is it testing? Right, like a good kind of uh, test of movements or test type of training or like a competition with several tests in it. And then by far and away the hardest is, yeah, program design, which is progression week to week yeah. with like a yearly plan. And I agree, I think it's so much more complex than most other traditional forms of cardio because you have to entail a lot. But just like with those other forms of cardio, it still is the key to getting better long-term Yeah. once you go past the beginner stage. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's definitely something that um, most people don't consider when they're kind of writing just their own workouts every day. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's fun. But are you actually going to be getting better? Are you making progress? Maybe you don't want to make progress. Maybe progress is not that important to you. But I think most people listening to this are after some progression and some evolution. You want to get fitter. You want to get stronger. You want to get better at the moment. Well, I would think about it this way. It's like when you just go down your street and see someone running, most people that just go running are no better at running than they were a year ago. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I just, I just run. Yeah. Right? I like hit Probably more injured. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Probably a little bit slower yeah. than anything. Yeah. Right. And it's the same when you just drive past like a F45 or a CrossFit gym or a functional fitness gym. You look in, people are training. Are you like way better than you were last year? No, it's like the same. Yeah. Because there's no progression in it really. Yeah. They're just hitting the workouts to maintain. Yeah. And it's very easy. Even it's actually easier at a higher level because it's harder to progress to fall into that same trap where you're still working hard, you're still pushing yourself, you're still drenched in sweat week after week, but there is no progress because there is no program design with progress uh, thought into it. Yeah, absolutely. So the next point is uh, one of the most useful tools that, I mean, always been around really. It's interval work, but it's just became popular as the EMOM, which is an acronym for every minute on the minute. Uh, but all the different variations you'll see on an EMOM is it could be every 30 seconds, every two minutes, every five minutes, every eight minutes, whatever you want to do. Basically, it just allows you to get really creative with work-rest intervals. And the reason that I like it is because in the context of programming in workouts in a gym, it's really good to organize your equipment. It's really good to organize your layouts, really good to organize your timing. You just know how things are going to last and you know where people are going to be at different times. Whereas if you say 10 minutes, complete as many rounds as this as possible, all people could be in different spots everywhere and you get a lot of chaos. So I just love the structure and the organization that comes with the EMOM. 
And then obviously you can progress it uh, because it's really easy to go, okay, cool. Every day I want to work on these skills. I'm going to do a 20 minute EMOM, you know, and I'm going to try and get as many reps as I can in say 30 seconds on each of these skills. And you can really see the progression over time. So EMOMs just work in so many different contexts and I think it's just infinitely useful. Mm, yeah, I mean, our favorite one was back in the day we used to do, uh, I don't know, I remember how long it was, but it was double unders and muscle ups. We'd do 50 double unders and we weren't trying to get better at that. So we would keep that even. Yeah. And then the odd minute, we would do muscle-ups and then week to week, we'd progress that three up to like five or eight muscle-ups on that odd minute and we'd be getting more volume in it. And I think what's so good about an EMOM is that most people struggle with pacing, particularly with functional fitness. Running, people seem to get it more. They don't start a half an hour run at a sprint, but they'll start functional fitness at a sprint. And usually what EMOMs do is they just force you to pace because you just can't go out hard. Yeah. If you've got a 10-minute EMOM, you can't just get all the work done in the first four minutes. You no. just have to do it pace by pace. So it really teaches you how to like just properly pace out a 10-minute workout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, super important. Definitely use the EMOM as a tool in the future with your training. The next one is heart rate. Um, obviously, when you uh, do running, when you do rowing, biking, do monostructural stuff, you do triathlons, that sort of thing, it's pretty easy to predict heart rate. It's pretty easy to use heart rate zones. It's not to say that you can't use heart rate zones in mixed model fitness. It just hasn't really stuck in the kind of pioneers that try to use it in the workout. Just because, you know, the variation you get with different movements just makes it so hard to, to track anything consistently. So with heart rate training and as it applies to mixed modal fitness is you are going to train your heart in so many different domains. You might be at, you know, 90% for 30 seconds and then you might drop down to 60% of your max for two minutes and... It just kind of moves up and down all over the place and that is actually much better. That is more realistic. That's much more functional having your heart be able to beat really fast and slow down and, and speed up and maybe in theory it sounds kind of weird like, oh, wouldn't you want the consistent even pace of your heart but no, actually, you don't. You want all that. You want your heart to be able to adapt and have different variations and control itself in all these different scenarios. So the more, the more unnatural thing is for your heart to consistently beat at 70% for two hours that's when you start getting some of those negative side effects that come with too much endurance training. So the variation in the heart rate with all the different movements is what you want to go for. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, really the fittest people are the ones that can recover the fastest. I do think when if you're just doing long, slow monostructural training, you definitely do improve that, but not as quickly as interval training or functional fitness because functional fitness, you're constantly bringing down your heart rate. It's just a constant process really of your heart rate spiking and coming back down. Um, so I think aiming for heart rate zones is not as useful. I still do think something like a whoop is mad. If you can go back, have a look in the session when your heart rate was really high because you might be able to unearth some movements that skyrocket your heart rate and maybe you're super inefficient at those movements. Maybe when you're in the skier compared to the rower, your heart rate's way higher. It's a good sign that you, maybe you're not doing correctly and you're inefficient on the movement and it's gassing you out way harder than it can be. So I would think it's still good to look at it. I actually wish... When I was doing CrossFit harder, I had a whoop to look at it. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like the ultimate training tool like you can use it with running. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, and then uh, really the last thing which you know is a, is a real benefit that you get out of mixed modal fitness that you would never get from running or, or biking or monostructural stuff is different movement coordination. So when you start out, um, you're learning all these different movements, right? You're learning pull-ups under fatigue. You're learning toes to bar, kettlebell swings, box jumps, skipping, whatever it is. Maybe the movements you've done before in isolation or a strength work, but now you're doing them under fatigue. You're doing them in a workout. And 
learning to control the form and learning to stabilize and brace and stay tight and use the right muscles even when your heart rate is you know maxing out is an amazing adaptation in itself learning how to deadlift you know 80% of your max or maybe that's a bit high for some people let's call 60% of your max for reps and can, and hold the same back position hold the same brace under fatigue while you're mixing in other movements that is an important skill that is a great skill that is a skill that's going to contribute a lot to kind of your strength and your fitness and health in the future. Now, obviously, you can overdo that, but likely, if you can push through really extreme, I guess, fatigue and maintain your form and look really good, you have increased your fitness a lot. And a lot of that comes down to, yeah, efficiency of movement, movement coordination, learning how to do these skills correctly and safely. And I think it comes, it ties really nicely into programming and progression. Like, if you don't have good programming and progression, it's someone that kind of always goes into a workout and then immediately their technique starts falling apart. Immediately they start falling because they're really just going for fatigue. Fatigue and intensity is kind of their metrics if they're getting a good workout in. But for me, I want to go how... It's like Elliot Kipchoge, right? When he runs a two-hour marathon. Fuck. The technique is solid at the end. Exactly, right? That's the, that's the perfect way to execute a workout is to get right it to the absolute threshold of your technique that you can hold at fat- at the highest level of fatigue, right? That's where, because as soon as his technique falls apart, he slows down, right? And the fatigue kicks in. But he's pushing his technique and his form right up to the highest level of fatigue that he can maintain. And in, in one case, it meant he broke the two-hour marathon. But that's what you want to be thinking about is how much can I push the technique and the skill, this movement coordination up to the level of fatigue? And that's really the test of your fitness. Your fitness goes as soon as you start breaking down, as soon as you start flopping about that's just called redline. And once you've redlined, the workout's over. Yeah, I mean, I one mindset shift I try and give clients in the gym often is I, I'll say, they're at the end and you know, their expectation is like, of course, it looks terrible now because I'm tired. And I'll often be like, no, this should be your best one. It's your last one. We've been practicing it now for 15 minutes yeah. in a 15-minute workout. Yeah. This should be the best. We've done 15 minutes of practice. This dumbbell snatch is the best one all, all session. Yep. And that is like the mindset I think you want to look at it is. Like, I'm getting better and better as I do the session. It's really the the movement between beginner and advanced. I also think it's a big reason people are like, oh man, I got this like niggling shoulder injury. And they're like, I don't understand why, like my movements look good. And it's because you don't realize how bad you look at the end of conditioning workouts. Yeah. And that can be where all the damage is done and why you keep having this niggle. And then when you do your strength, yeah, it looks good. But those reps you did that looked horrific, you know, last week in the conditioning, they still count and they still tear away your movements and your joints. Yeah, absolutely. So, so many things to consider there, but obviously, ultimately, mixed modal fitness, I think, should be a staple in everyone's program because it just offers you so many of the benefits we've just spoken about. So, first thing to consider is uh, programming and progression. Obviously, like we mentioned, it is not as easy as it may seem. It's just as simple as writing a workout. Uh, Using EMOMs, EMOMs are a great tool. Uh, They definitely work in all contexts, especially uh, when you you need to coordinate multiple people. And really good for measuring yourself across time. Uh, your heart rate obviously is, is super important. How much you enjoy it. And then the movement coordination benefits that you gain from moving between so many different exercises that require so many different muscle groups under fatigue. It's going to give you a better body, better fitness, and yeah, just a better overall quality of life. So definitely add them in. We love them. And guys, remember, themymuscleproject.com slash fitness. And our code is fitness30 for the month of March to give you 30% off We hope you guys use it. We hope you enjoy the eight-week program if you sign up. And uh, thanks, guys. We'll speak to you all next week. Thank you, Project, for tuning in again to another episode of the My Muscle Project. 
Uh, we release an episode every single Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, The My Muscle Project, to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you have some time, leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget, we have a second show of the week, The After Show. So it's no longer a rest day on Thursdays. If you have any questions for Lachlan and I for that show, head to themymuscleproject.com forward slash The After Show. And if you ask questions, we'll, uh, we'll answer it on the show. Thanks again so much, Project, and we'll see you all next week.